Welcome to the Landmark Apostolic Church Podcast. We hope that this message inspires you and brings impact to your life. Enjoy the message. This morning, while you're standing, I invite you to turn with me to the book of Daniel, chapter 6. And uh, we're going to stay in the same vein that uh, we were last Sunday and talking about um, you know, our habits and our steps and small things that we can do and kind of thinking small and title that I'm going to speak to you from today is start small and uh, you know last week we talked about the small decisions that we make every day and the power of those decisions uh, the power that has in our life over our life and uh, we talked about why those decisions matter and why our habits matter. And so this week, I want to get a little bit more specific in that. Um, Daniel chapter 6, verse number 3 says, Then this Daniel was preferred above the presidents and the princes because an excellent spirit was in him. And the king thought to set him over the whole realm. Then the presidents and the princes sought to find occasion against Daniel concerning the kingdom, but they couldn't find none occasion nor fault, for as much as he was faithful, neither was there any error or fault found in him. And you can leave your Bibles open to uh, the sixth chapter of Daniel. That's where we'll be for the study this morning. But again, from this title, Start Small. You may be seated today. God bless you. There was a quote that we used last week, um, and uh, before we totally jump in today, I just want to echo that, um, t- thinking about this particular subject. And that quote was this, that successful people do consistently what others do occasionally. And so... What I want to do just to kind of start this message today is is ask you to think about your last normal day that you had. Okay, think about the last, if, if you work, you know, what did you do at the beginning of your shift, at the beginning of your day? Um, and maybe you're sitting here be like, yo, I'm a stay-at-home mom. Listen, that's a job, and you need a raise, okay? And just tell you that. Uh, <laughs> but whatever you did on the last normal day, think about what you did that day, um, you know, when it, whenever you woke, woke up. And, and here's, here's what I know. Um, the odds are very, very high that what you did on that day was very similar to what you did on the normal day before that. In other words, if your alarm woke you up that morning, chances are the day before you were awoken by the same alarm. Or if you normally get up with no alarm, uh, finding the older that I get, I have this internal alarm clock that just goes off whether I have an alarm or not. My eyes just pop open at 5.30 in the morning, and there we go. Um so, you know, if you don't have an alarm clock, maybe you were probably a, uh, you just woke up, right? Or if you just, uh, you know, you, you, the, the chances are very high that the day looks very, very similar. You woke up from an alarm, no alarm. You did the same thing. You might, 
go and check social media. You might check some notifications, maybe check some email, uh, maybe read your Bible, maybe do a little workout, perhaps make some coffee, uh, maybe make some food. Uh, you probably took a shower, which is good, or you may not be employed if uh, you don't do that every day. Um, you know, you probably got to work uh, a, a similar way as you did the day before. You took the same route. You drove the exact same way, the same speed. Uh, you probably worked with the same people, did similar things uh, the very same way. You got home the same way. Uh, if you drove, uh, what's very scary is you probably don't even remember driving home. Uh, you just kind of automatically get in your car and you just arrive, you know, uh, kind of frightening. But you probably had a normal uh, evening routine whenever you got home. You know, you might, you might work out in the evenings. I don't know. You might do fast food normally, uh, or you might cook the meal and then gripe at everybody else that didn't help cook the meal. And, and, and so, oh, sorry. But, uh, uh, but, you know, so a lot of the same things that you do every day, uh, you might have a normal routine with your kids. You know, you put your kids in the bathtub, one escapes, and you have to go chasing after them, wrangle them back to the bathtub to finish that routine. And, and uh, you know, once the kids are done, you have your evening routine. Uh, it might be that you catch up on, again, social media. You catch up on some uh, YouTube videos. It could be that you spend time in prayer or you journal at that point in the day or simply sit and stare at the ceiling thinking, how did I survive this day? You know, and just kind of catching your breath. Um, so I don't know what your day is like, but chances are it's pretty similar to the day that you had before. And here's the thing. Um, most of what you and I normally do isn't a result of conscious choices that we make but it is a result of our daily habits that we have. We are creatures of habit. Much of what you do every single day is not a result of a decision that you make, but of a habit that you already have in your life, okay? In fact, uh, major studies have been done about this, and there was a major college in the United States all the way back in 2006 that done a study, and what they found is that 40% of the actions that you take in any given day are not a result of decisions, but they are a result of habits. 40% of what you do every single day is a result of habits. And so that's why we're talking about this, because if you want to, if you want to change where you're going in life, if you want to change who you're becoming in life, we have to start with our habits. We have to change our habits. Last week, we talked about the reality uh, that many people have similar goals. We all have similar goals. We want to be successful. We want to be healthy. We want to be good husbands and wives and moms and dads, and we want those things. Uh, but what's striking is, is that while all of us have similar goals, the outcomes are very, very different. Think about it. We all want to have good relationships. If you're a Christian, you want to be close to God. You want to make a difference in this world. Uh, again, financially speaking, we all want financial freedom or flexibility. Most of us want to be healthy, but the results are dramatically different, and why is that? 
The answer is because all of us have different systems in place that we go about this process that we have in our lives. And it's not the goals that we have. Again, we all have similar goals. It's not the goals that you have that determine the success of your life, but it's the systems that you have in place that determine that success. A quote we referenced last week and absolutely love it is this, you don't rise to the level of your goals, but you fall to the level of your systems. And so this kind of want to hone in today on what I'm going to talk about is, is systems from a spiritual perspective, of course. And I'm going to show you a powerful example of a guy who had a system, or we could say that he had a habit, one habit that helped shape him become the person that God wanted him to become. All right, we took a brief look at him last week. Um, and, and he's in our text this morning. Daniel is his name. And when you think about Daniel, what do most people think about? The lion's den, right? Daniel in the lion's den. And you know what? That's pretty impressive to me. I mean, it's pretty impressive that he had the faith to stand down lions and survive. But to me, what's also equally impressive is there were 120 young leaders at that time who stood out in the nation, and of the 120 top leaders that were represented, Daniel stood out amongst all of them as having exceptional qualities. In fact, our text this morning in verse 3 says, Then this Daniel was preferred above the presidents and the princes because an excellent spirit was in him, and the king thought so uh, to set him over the whole realm. The whole realm. You know what that is? The whole kingdom. He's going to set this man, Daniel, over all of it. Now, why in the world did Daniel stand out? What was it that made him who he was? I know the Bible mentions here that he had an excellent spirit, but what exactly was that? Maybe, um, maybe he had good social skills. Maybe great leadership gifts that he has. Maybe he was good relationally. We don't know exactly what it was, but there was something in the life of Daniel that caused him to stand out amongst 120 other people that were around. Let me give you a little bit of the backstory here. Daniel, he became popular with the king. He was, he was in line. He was going to get promoted. And there were a lot of people that didn't like him uh, for that reason. Let me, let me say this. Anytime that you rise in success, you will have people that don't like you. Okay? That's just a given. It's going to happen. And so his enemies decided to try to take him down. And so they looked for any kind of weakness, any kind of flaw in his character. You know, what could we... What could, what could we point out here to make him look bad? We're looking for any kind of defect that, so we could trip him up. But they had a problem finding it. And the scripture says in verse 4, then the presidents and princes sought to find occasion against Daniel concerning the kingdom, but they could find none occasion nor fault. For as much as he was faithful, neither was there any error or fault found in him. But man, did they try. They tried. They tried to find a little dirt. They tried, and they came up short. They couldn't find any corruption in this man because Daniel was found to be 
with an excellent spirit. He was trustworthy. He was faithful. So what they wanted to do is they wanted to trip him up. And so since they couldn't find any flaw and they couldn't find any weakness, they determined that the only way that we could trip him up was to do something about his God. And so this guy is so into God that that's the only chance that we have at getting him uh, to make some kind of mistake here. And so what they did is they tricked the king into issuing a decree that if anyone prays to anyone except the king in the next 30 days, they would have to be thrown in the lion's den. So obviously Daniel stood out. He was so distinguished amongst the 120 top leaders. He was the one that rose to the top. But what was it that made him who he was? I would argue today that it was the system that Daniel had in place. It was one very small habit that over time shaped who he had become. It shaped his identity, and it gave him confidence in in who God created him to be. Let me show you a system. Daniel 6 and verse number 10 says this, that when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened toward Jerusalem Three times a day, he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to his God. Don't miss it, because here it comes, okay? He gave thanks to God just as he had done before. This wasn't something new that he started. Just like he had done before. What did he do? Not once a day. Not twice a day, but three times a day, not when it was convenient for him, not when it was easy, but every single day, Daniel stopped and he sought God and he listened for the voice of God and he brought burdens, his burdens before God. He petitioned to God. He let God direct his steps three times a day as he had done before. Daniel had prioritized his life around devoted time with his heavenly father. And I would just say that if you want your life to be changed, and and again, why are we talking about this? This is a great time of the year to talk about this because most of us are, uh, the new year has kind of brought just a feeling of a fresh start. I get to start over, and and what I didn't accomplish last year, I can get it accomplished this year. And most of us are in that mode right now and, and, and wanting our lives to be better and wanting our lives to be changed. And I would just simply say that if you want your life to be changed in 2024 or any time for that matter, let this become your system. What is that system? Spend time with God. Get alone with God and allow God to direct your steps and not just when it's convenient for you. You might have to learn how to say no to some things in order to say yes to God. You might have to give up some things in order to further your relationship with Jesus Christ. But can I tell you that this system will completely change your life, and this system is worth all of it. What did Daniel do? He lived a habit. He lived a system. 
fellowship. There was intimacy. There was time that was spent with God. It was one small discipline that he had. And what I would say to you is this. Never underestimate how God can start something big through one small habit. Never underestimate what God might do, something special, something powerful, something that impacts a lot of people that starts with one single small act of obedience. See, we serve a God who loves to take small acts of faithfulness and do something special through those things. And I'm telling you that those small habits that sometimes you think are so insignificant and unimportant and not even worthy to mention, you sometimes think that they could go unnoticed, that they might go unnoticed, and and they might. And they might go unnoticed to the person sitting right next to you. Maybe you made a change already this year, and it was so not it was so uh, not worthy to be mentioned in your mind and nobody has noticed it yet and 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 again you're probably right maybe people sitting around you do not notice but god hasn't missed anything god the god that we serve he takes notice of the times when we say no to some things of this world when we say no to social media and we say yes to prayer God takes notice of those things. He takes notice when a person chooses him over the things of this world. He takes notice when we choose his voice over society's voice. So I would just encourage you, stay at it. Keep going. Don't underestimate what God can do through your small acts of obedience. Here's the deal. Uh, I know that there are people here today that have a desire to be close to God. Okay? They, they have a desire to be better followers of Christ. But that doesn't happen without some small disciplines in your life. It just simply cannot happen. Okay, The devil is not scared of a shout on Sunday morning. He's not scared of a dance on Sunday morning. He's not scared of those things. It's when we ultimately submit ourselves to the King of Kings and Lord of Lords and we have some disciplines in our life that we're living out. Nobody just stumbles into a relationship with God. That doesn't, that doesn't happen. There isn't this, oh man, you know what? I was just sitting here and I was listening to this song and all of a sudden I'm close to God. And, you know, I just, it just happened just like that. It was amazing. That doesn't happen. Nobody accidentally becomes full of spiritual strength and power and faith. But how does it happen? It happens through small acts of obedience. It happens through having a spiritual system in place that no matter what's going on in your life and in the world, this is what you do just as you had done before. Here's part of the system. Followers of Christ, I know that you know this. Followers of Christ... Here's what, here's what followers of Christ do. You know what they do? They follow Christ. You know what that means? We pray. We fast. We care about others. 
We worship. We're not just hearers of the word only. We're doers of the word. We give of ourselves and of our time. These things, they serve as a constant and consistent reminder to us that, hey, he is my source and he is my provider and I am totally dependent upon him. If it's going to happen in my life, it's going to be because of the Lord allowed it to happen and he opened the door and he made the way. Years ago, I decided that church is a priority to me. I promise you, there has never been one time a conversation in our house where anyone has ever asked, are we going to church today? Because that is not something that we discuss. It is not something that is up for debate. This is who we are. This is what we do. We are people of God, and we are faithful to the house of God. That is a priority to us. I was reading an article recently that talked about the power of habits, and the writer mentioned the, the idea of, of keystone habits. Keystone habits. You see, we have habits everywhere in our lives, but certain routines... Uh, keystone habits, they, they lead to a cascade of other actions because of that one keystone habit. Okay, let me give you an example. When, when I work out, hopefully it's evident that I do, it's like, just like, that guy works out? Like, but I'm just kidding. But um, when I work out, I find that I want to eat better. Okay, I find that I want to, you know, even though I could just have a good workout and go reward myself with the blizzard of the month, you know, I don't do that, okay, because I'm not motivated to. When I eat better, I, 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 I just, or when I work out, I feel like I just want to eat healthier, and I also found myself being able to sleep better, okay, uh, able to get to the proper rest, get the proper rest that I need, and then when I'm awake, I feel more productive, my my. My, my brain does not have that fog that, you know, I'm not experiencing that. My thoughts are clear. Now, on the flip side, when I don't work out, all bets are off, okay? I'm opening the fridge every time I walk past it, even just to say hello. Like, even if I'm not hungry, I'm just going to open up the fridge and I'm going to just see what's in there and see if there's something easy, a little snacky snack that I could just grab real quick. And maybe I'll open up the freezer and call both my friends, Ben and Jerry, and grab a large tablespoon and just sit down. Okay, I might do that. In other words, fitness... Okay, working out is the, is the keystone habit that puts a, a good chunk of my life in place. Keystone habits. Okay, so what you'll do in your life is you will find that there are certain habits that when you have them in place, they help propel you on to other helpful God-honoring disciplines. Daniel, the guy that we're chatting about today, he stopped to pray three times a day. That was a keystone habit for him. This was, a key, and I, that, that I promise you brought other elements into his life that helped him, helped him become who he was supposed to become. The presence of that one thing. What set, set Daniel apart? Three times a day, he stopped to have an intimate 
time and fellowship with God just as he had done before. Don't ever underestimate how God might start something big, something special through something very, very small, one act of obedience. If you were with us last week, we we said let's let's start a little different a little different way this year instead of starting you know with what we're going to do this year let's start with who do we want to become this year now what are you going to do where are you going to go what you're going to who is it that you want to become this year who's the person that you're chasing at? who am i supposed to be Let's start with that before we start with what we're going to accomplish. Who am I supposed to be? A godly parent, a bold witness, a a, a person who's helping. Whatever it is, who do you want to be? Now, I want to add another piece of application today. All of that being said, based on who you want to become, let me ask you this. What one habit do you need to start today? What one habit do you need to start? Based upon who God is calling you to be, what is the one small discipline that will move you in that direction? And I want to tell you right now, it's better if it's not something big. Something small. It may be for you that you're... And again, we're talking about starting small. It may be for you, you know what, maybe a small thing that I could do is maybe I'm just not going to hit the snooze button in the morning. Any snooze button, people? Three, four times? Setting an, setting an alarm an hour before you go, really, really got to get up. Maybe that's a small thing for you. You know, maybe I'm just... Bryce, maybe a small thing for me is I'm just not going to ever hit the snooze button again. You, it's interesting. You look at studies and stuff about that. It's, it's really interesting to think what happens to our bodies when we hit the snooze button. I'm not talking about the day, but I'm just giving out examples. Listen to me. You may think that's a daunting task. You can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. Get up and get on with your day. It could be something incredibly small, but it's okay to start small. You might, maybe a small thing is like, hey, you know what? In the mornings, I'm going to start with my Bible rather than Instagram. Just a small thing. Before I check any of those red notifications, I'm going to start with my Bible. Before I pull up anything on social media, I'm going to do my daily devotion or I'm going to pray with my kids before they go to bed. But just one simple thing. You may, you may, maybe a small thing is, hey, I just, I want to be a person that cares about other people. So for you, it's maybe I'm going to write one note a day to express my gratitude or appreciation to someone in my life. Maybe you're on the boat this morning. Who's getting organized this year? Anybody getting organized? Anybody failed already this year at getting organized and threw in the towel? Hey, I just want to encourage you. I know that most New Year's resolutions fail by the second week of January. Let's start over again. Come on. Let's start over again. We can still do this. You know, but if you're in that boat, I want to get organized. So for you, you're going to make your bed every single day. Why? Because that's how you start the day that way. 
It's, it's, it's one small thing that you can do. Maybe you want to be godly, a godly example to your kids. So what can you do? You can do a devotional reading, plan with them. Every single day, there's a spiritual touch point between you and your children, okay? Maybe you want to be focused this year. And so you can take out little things and little note cards every day, and you can write three things. These are three things that I want to get done today, and I'm going to focus in them every single day. I'm just giving you examples of how you can start small. Maybe you want to be a person that's healthier, so you walk three times a week for 20 minutes. Whatever it is, don't be nervous or scared about starting small. Based on who you want to become, what one new habit do you need in place? What new system? What new system do you want that will take you where God wants to take you? Now, I know by saying that, that there'll be some that, well, Bryce, I don't do systems. I don't do systems. Can I tell you, we all have systems. Every single one of us. You either have systems by intent or by default, but you have them. We all do. Okay? And, 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 and <laughs> your system may be to hit the snooze button four times a day, get up late, kick the cat, yell at the kids, and just drive to work with your hair wet. Be grumpy all day, come home, eat dinner, get in bed, feel guilty. It's a system. It's not a good one, <laughs> but it's still a system. So what new habit? Based on who God wants you to become, do you need to create? There's another thing, and I'll ask for music to come. There's another thing that writers talk about in the study of habits, and it's this, the habit loop. And I wish I had a graph to show you this, but there's, there's a, a, a cycle, okay? And last week, we talked about how cyclical this all is and, um, and how this plays out. But this is what happens in the life of everybody, this habit loop. There is something that will trigger or cue for you. You see something. You walk by the refrigerator, and you get bored, and you get angry, and you get hungry, and you get lonely, and it's the end of the day, and it's the beginning of the day. There's a trigger. There's a cue that always leads to an action. Everybody say action, action, or some sort of response. So then you do, you act, you eat the piece of cake, you pray with your kids, you sleep in later, you yell at somebody, whatever it is, there's an action that happens after that trigger. Then you get the reward. You get the, the dopamine, the sugar rush, the pleasure, the extra seven minutes of sleep, and then it goes all the way back to the trigger. This is how habits are formed in our lives. There's a trigger. We see something. There's an action. We have an emotion. We have some type of action or response. We get a similar type of a reward, and then the process repeats itself. So you're saying we're all doomed, Bryce? Like we just, what habits we created thus far? No. How do we start a new habit? What we want is we want that trigger and the action to be two things. We want to make it obvious. And we, we, we you know, we, we want it to be so easy. 
The first thing we're going to do is we're going to make it obvious. If you want to change what you do, change what you see. Make the trigger in your life obvious. If you want to be somebody who's reading every night before you go to bed, take a book and put it on your pillow. Put it on your nightstand. Make it easy. I'm laying down in bed. I, I'm going to read. Okay? It's make it really obvious. Make, make it really easy. You don't need to say, you know, and I know people like this. I'm going to read the whole Bible this year. If you try that, you might be done already. Instead, what you might do is simply say, you know, this year I'm going to read. I'm going to read a verse of Scripture a day. I'm going to start small. I'm going to read one verse of Scripture every single day. And you get a streak going. And here, here's, here's my promise. If you do that for 26, 27, 28 days or so, you might just get an appetite to read two verses of Scripture. And then one day you're reading a chapter. And you're hungry for it. You've, it's become a habit in your life. And it started so small. Do something small. Start small and see what happens. What are you doing? You're building a system. Daniel would have said this. You know, after I eat breakfast, I pray. After I eat my roast beef sandwich, I pray. After dinner, I pray. I do this and then I do this. This is the action. My morning routine looks like this. Can I say, people who are close to God... They are close to God, but they are not there by accident. They have small disciplines that have drawn them close to God. There's a discipline. There's a plan. There's a mindset. There's habits. And we all have similar goals. If you stand with me this morning. We all have similar goals, but we have incredibly different results. And I just want to share with you, we don't have goal problems. We have system problems. We're not setting things up in a system that's going to be successful. What set Daniel apart? Time with God three times a day. So again, I'll ask the question, who... Who do you want to become in 2024? Not, not what, but who. And a lot of times we're setting goals, and a lot of our goals are their means goals. And this is what I mean by that. They lead to something else. It's a means to an end. How do you know if your life is full of those types of goals? Because on the other side of the goal, there's always a so. I want to get good grades so I go to school and, and, and so I can get a degree and so I can get a good job and so I can make enough money and so I can take her out on a date and so we can get married and so we can go on a honeymoon so we can raise a family and so we can have this and have that. The problem is this. Whenever there's a so on the other side of it, then happiness or fulfillment or joy is always deferred to the future. 
There's always something else out there. It's always in the future, just over the fence on the other side. And what I've realized is that in setting, setting those types of goals, what I want to do is I want to set end goals. It's not what I'm getting or where I'm going or what I'm doing, but who I'm becoming. And the only end goal that ever seems to matter to me is if I become more like Jesus Christ. And that becomes the driving force. That becomes the vehicle. And all of a sudden, success is not somewhere out there, but success. You can be successful when you're obedient to him today. It's not the big result of some five-year plan. It's in a single act of faithfulness and obedience today. I am successful because I honored God today. I am a success story because I was obedient and honored God today. And so if there's always a so at the end of your goal, you're always going to be reaching for something in my hope and my prayer based on who God wants you to become what small thing can you do today? What can you start today and then find joy in it? It's really all about consistency. There was a tweet that I ran across gentleman said this new year I will pray for greater consistency rather than greater power he said many have fallen away who are powerful but lacked consistency it's hard to backslide when you're carrying across every day I want to be consistent I want to be consistent today. God, I did what you called me to do. Wasn't big, but I was faithful in the small things. And guess what? God's word says that whenever you're faithful in the small things, then boom, 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 God will trust you with the big things. What can you be faithful over today? What small thing can you start today? What one habit? you bow your head, close your eyes as they begin to sing this chorus? Thank you for listening. Special thanks to those that give generously to this ministry. If you would like more information, please visit our website at landmarkapostolicchurch.net. But have a great day and God bless.